It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. We're going to go from baseball back to football and hear from Joe Flacco's former coach. First, a read from FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay red hot on America's number one sportsbook. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL, an official partner of the (laughs) Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. And with that, we welcome in Casey Keeler, head coach of the Sam Houston Bearcats, who, Coach, I haven't seen in a while. Hope you're doing well. Congrats on the move. Mikey, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, Coach. Long time no see. Uh, thanks for Yeah, I thought you were in the witness protection program there for a while. <laughs> no, I just moved up north, Coach. I got out of the warm weather. But we are glad to have you on. Coach Keeler, also, little bio real quick, two-time national champion, eight-time national coach of the year, has wow. the third most active wins of any coach, third or fourth, and he coached Joe Flacco at Delaware. And he's here now to join us to talk a little Joe Flacco stories from his time back with the Blue Hens. So, guys, take it away. When you first drafted Joe, Coach, did you, did you know right away he was going to be an NFL player? Well, we recruited him out of high school, and yeah. I remember him sitting in my office during the spring uh, spring game, and then all of a sudden going into his senior year, Pitt and Rutgers and Iowa and all those kind of people came in, and we lost him late. He actually played for one of my former players. And so went to Pitt, and I think he would have stayed. But, you know, we got behind somebody, and I think, you know, in the evaluation, it was like, listen, you're going to be the backup. And in his mind was, as long as you give me a chance to compete, I'll, I'll take a shot at this. But if I'm going to be the backup, then I'm going to transfer out. And so reach out to us. And, um, you know, the crazy thing was we had, a, we had to have him sit out a year because Pitt would not release him. Oh, wow. And I remember, you know, him saying, like, I know I could have gone to Iowa and Rutgers and those places, but I know the single most important thing for me is I got to play. If I play, I can prove myself. And so he sat out a year, and then uh, the next year he got a chance to play, and he played fairly well, but the team's overall success was just average, and then the next year's when things really exploded. Coach, it's interesting. It's almost the same thing he did in his professional career. He made a bet on himself. What yeah. can you tell us yeah. about his personality where that seems to be one of the overarching characteristics is that this guy has a very high self-belief that he's going to get the job done. I remember after he got drafted, he came in the office, we sat for a while, and I said, you know, someday I'm going to be talking to a group of businessmen or a youth group or recruits, and they're going to ask me about Joe Flacco. Like, tell me what you know, I should say made you great. And he goes, I'm not afraid to fail. And it, I mean, he didn't oh, wow. think twice about it. He knew that was the single most important characteristic for his success was he wasn't afraid to fail. And I think that's very true. I mean, the Super Bowl, I, I know there was a fourth and one and and uh, he could either run it or throw it. And he didn't even blink about throwing the ball out there. He wasn't afraid to, you know, not make that play. Um, so I mean, he's a unique guy. I tell you, it, it, the interesting thing was, 
um, he came in to see me after his junior year and wanted to play baseball. And I can sometimes be sarcastic, as you probably figured out early. <laughs> and I said, for who? And he goes, for Delaware. I said, we have a team? He goes, yes, we have a team. <laughs> I said, you do realize that you're going to be a draft choice next year. Dead looked me straight in the eye. He goes, you truly believe someone's going to draft me? I said, yes. I said, this is dad's idea. I know, I know where this is coming from. I got Kirk Sherrock on my offensive coordinator. Um, and I said, call dad, tell him not playing baseball. And I explained to him, I said, the single most important thing for you is to develop all the things that you need to improve on over the spring. And also, now that we understand your skill set better, we're probably going to take some of that belly read out. We're probably going to do a little <laughs> bit more drop back and, and those kind of things now that we truly understand your skill set. And so long story short, you know, he had a phenomenal spring and started off really hot. And then I remember getting a phone call from the Baltimore Ravens and saying, hey, you know what? You guys are playing Navy this week. Now we're going to come down and watch practice. And they came down, watch practice. And then we played Navy. I think he threw for over 500 and we scored 54 points or what, 50, maybe 59 points or whatever it was. I think he threw for five touchdowns. I mean, that game just absolutely catapulted him. Uh, right to another level. And as the season was going on, you heard that, hey, he could be a fourth-round pick. Hey, he could be a third-round pick. Hey, he could be a second-round pick. And then all of a sudden, there was even talk about him becoming a first-round pick. And then, obviously, he went number 18 overall. And I remember getting a phone call from from Harbaugh uh, about, you know, Joe's leadership skills. And Joe, Joe prepped me. Joe goes, listen, Coach, they want to know why I wasn't a captain. And it was like one of those things where we had a – great four-year starter at offensive line who was an All-American, and we had another all-time you know, greatest running back in the history of the program. And those two guys were the offensive captains, and just Joe got there a little late, and just Joe wasn't the captain. But I explained to, to Coach Harbaugh that this was Joe's team. When Joe spoke, boy, everyone listened. Now, Joe didn't speak a lot, but when he spoke, it was like that's the message, and we're moving forward. We're playing Northern Iowa, number one team in the country. Uh, and we're down early, bad. I mean, it's like they're, they're just going to run us right out. And I remember Joe getting all the guys together on the sideline and said, hey, just someone make a play. We make one play, we're back in this thing. And our freshman left tackle cut their defensive end loose, and he, Joe made the play. Joe ran away and threw one fifty yards downfield for a completion, and there you know, that was the big play we needed. We went and scored, got a turnover, scored again, and all of a sudden, you know, we beat the number one team in the country. But I remember Joe getting those guys on the sideline and him – you know, saying, hey, this is what we're doing. But uh, he doesn't speak a lot, but when he speaks, boy, it's, he's powerful. You know, Coach, you know, when you're dealing with, you know, college players, it's a moment that comes where you're like, you know what, this guy could be an NFL player, and I think this guy could be a draft pick. What moment was that for Joe Flacco where he was like, you know what, this guy is going to be pretty good in the NFL? Yeah, there's a two couple things. First of all, we're, we're, we're in a scrimmage, and he pulled the ball down. And our fastest linebacker was chasing him, and he's running away from our fastest linebacker. And I said to the guys, I said, did Keandre get slow, or what's going on? He goes, no, Joe, Joe's a phenomenal athlete, Coach. I mean, he's like a four seven forty, almost at six foot seven. He's like six six and a half. And so that's one of the moments where I realized what kind of athlete he was. And then we were in a spring practice, and we're in the far hash, and he throws like a 20-yard out route on the other side of the field 
And I remember the the referee looking at me because I was on the field. You know, I was you know spring practice. I was behind the the, the play, and the referee looked at me. And goes, I've never seen that before. Wow. Um, so there are some moments where you go, boy, his talent is just ridiculous. I remember his workout for the for the Ravens. Uh, they came and they must have brought like two receivers, quarterback coach, O coordinator, um, you know, p- player personnel, general manager. I mean, there was about 10 people they brought with them. And he had his footballs all out there. And I remember I prepped them for this. I said, they're not going to let you throw your own balls. I'm going to tell you right now. And so they kicked the balls away and they put all these brand new footballs out there, all shiny. You know, quarterbacks hate those balls. And Joe didn't blink. And Joe went through a two and a half hour workout. And I remember talking to one of the scouts and he goes, the only workout I can ever remember this good was Rossensberger. He goes, this is as good a workout as I've ever seen a quarterback. At the very end, they asked him to stand flat footed on the goal line and just flat footed, throwing it. He threw it uh, 80 yards in the air, which (laughs) um, just, yeah, I mean, it just, he's, he's a, he's a freakish talent. He really is. I, when I first saw Joe, I mean, he's down here a little bit, and I, I, ta- I thought about maybe changing a little bit of his – and I saw how the ball came out of his hand. I'm like, he's six foot seven. Who cares he's down here? And who cares he doesn't, isn't up here? Um, so, anyway, I, I pretty much left Joe alone and just sort of put him around, you know, good people and, and great players and, and uh, let him take it over from there. But, uh, yeah, unique personality. He really is. I mean, again, has a very high confidence level in himself, and uh, that was a big deal that when he went into the Ravens and he heard what their offer was, he was like, yeah, I think I can do better. I'll just bet on myself. I'll have yeah. a great year. And he went out and won a Super Bowl. And wow. that you know, got him the biggest contract in the history of the NFL at the time. Coach, obviously the last few years since, since leaving Baltimore, he's bounced around with a couple of teams. And now he was out of the league for most of the year. He's 38, about to turn 39. The Browns call him. He comes off the couch. And two weeks later, he's starting. And Outside of the pick he threw late, he played a fantastic game. Were you surprised yeah. he was gonna? He was still willing no. to come back, or you you didn't think he was done? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed. Ninety three percent of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a seventy five dollars sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. Just go to Indeed.com slash podcast right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire. You need Indeed. No, two things. So so yeah. I went down to the Texans game when he was with Denver, and he actually wasn't playing that week. He was injured. And my wife and I got a chance to spend a bunch of time with him on the sideline. And, you know, they're talking grandkids and kids and things like that back and forth. And, and you know, my wife asked, like, okay, hey, Joe, how long do you think you're going to do this? And he goes, I love, I love practice. I love being in the locker room. Wow. I just love, you know, I don't know. I mean, I don't want to give this up. Goes, I love preparation for a game. And so that was one of the, the, the key things that said to me, like, he'll play as long as he feels that he can still play. Then I texted with him um, in the summertime. I think it was just after I was back east and I had just come back to Texas for the start of training camp. And um, I, I would say, hey, you know, I think I had a chance to see you. You know, how you doing? What's up? He goes, I'm at the beach. I'm in shape, you know, ready to get called up because I want to keep on playing. And so right there I knew mm-hmm. that, you know, he was going to, prep himself every single day so this this in, in his mind was not a surprise he probably was daily working out getting ready for this opportunity 
And um, like I said, when I heard him say that when he was with the Broncos and we caught up uh, down at yeah. uh, NRG Stadium down in Texas, I knew that he was going to take this as long as he still enjoyed it. And it sounds like he still enjoys it. Coach, one of the things that uh, jumps out at me, you keep using the word unique to describe Joe, and you've talked about some of the characteristics. I'm interested in Joe Flacco, the leader. Um, This is an interesting situation because it's not going to be, you know, a a situation where he plants his flag and says, I'm the de facto leader of this franchise because obviously Deshaun Watson is, is on the roster. How do you think he'll navigate those waters? Because obviously he's here in a, in a pinch for the moment, but who knows what happens beyond this year? How, how will he work in that, in that role? Yeah. I mean, if you're use this word again, uniquely, I mean, he's not like, he's not going to let his ego get in the way here. He's been around long enough. He's enough savvy to know this is not his team, but in the moment they need him to lead. And so he'll speak when he needs to speak and he'll make sure that he's not going to be too overt where he's trying to take things over. And that's what's his, just his general leadership skill. I mean, he never, he never was one of those guys. Like some guys are trying to always look for that opportunity to lead. Like, oh, hey, there's, a, there's an opportunity. I'm going to insert myself. Joe inserts himself when he feels there's a need to insert himself. So it's a very much of a natural leadership. It's not a um, phony or made up or, um, you know, looking for that opportunity, uh, you know, an opportunist. Like, hey, there's an opportunity for me to insert myself. He's very much just – he's very comfortable in his own skin, uh, very comfortable with who he is as a person. And, um, again, if there's an opportunity that he needs to, to say something, he will. But he's not going to, you know, go overboard and, and, and rock the boat or, or create any issues. That's why he probably was the perfect guy to bring in. Still has a skill set where he can sling the ball all over the field um, and is the kind of person that, like, just will, will mold into whatever the, the situation is. Coach, last thing, uh, if you were in a tough spot off the field, football unrelated, and you need a helping hand, are you calling Joe Flacco or you're calling our producer, who we now refer to as Mikey McNuggets? Who is the you, who well, is your coach? Well, I don't call? know. Like, that whole protection witness uh, protection you know, witness program, it, yeah. it's hard to find those guys. Yeah. So I don't know if I can find Mikey McNuggets. I don't know if that's possible. But, uh, no, Joe's just so reliable. Um, one last great story. Um you know, he just signed his $120 million contract. And uh, don't you know, like, a, a reporter was following him out of, of the interview, and he stops at McDonald's to get McNuggets. You know, speaking <laughs> of McNuggets. And, and then I actually had lunch with him the next day. And so we're out there for about two and a half hours just talking about, you know, football and life. And they had won the Super Bowl, and there's interesting things that went along with that. They had fired their offensive coordinator during that run and all those things. We we're talking about that. And so about two and a half hours into it, I see him start reaching for his wallet, which he forgot. And, and so it's like, <laughs> yeah, you're buying, right? <laughs> and it's like, yeah, you decided the $120 million contract, but I'm buying. But, uh, but anyway, well, that's he, why those guys stay rich. Character for sure. yeah, hey, Coach, right. really quickly, yeah. it just came to my mind, and, I, and I want, I, I, I'm curious. We've seen recently that uh, former quarterbacks have – transitioned and become head coaches in the NFL. Obviously, Doug Peterson's having uh, some nice success, uh, having won a Super Bowl. Is is Joe coach material in your mind? I don't, yeah, I don't know. I mean, he he loves the game so much, and he loves to talk about football. I mean, I, I know, you know, 
some of the, when he would come back and actually get on the board and say, you know, here are some of the things that I really like that we're doing down in in Baltimore. That that you know, I wish maybe we had in our repertoire here uh, when when I was still the head coach at Delaware. So um, yeah, I mean, he's. I think maybe commentating might be you know more uh, something he would do, but he does love the game so much. Um, and, but you know, also these guys look at us and they realize the hours we put in. You know, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's true. I've been married 38 years. I mean, I'm one of the few. You know, it, it's 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 hard. I mean, we always call it dog years. So I think uh, my wife and I have like 260 years under our belt because <laughs> you know the, the life that we live, especially now in the college world, with the portal and NIL. Hmm. I mean, it's a different world. So I, I think if if he's gonna coach. I think maybe it would be the pro game because the college game has just changed so dramatically. Um, it's uh, it's a lot more CEO-ish. Being a head coach is very CEO-ish more than actually coaching the players. It's more managing the climate, managing the expectations, um, you know, setting the culture, you know, all those kind of things. Those are the most important things now uh, to be a head college football coach. The X's and O's are such a small part of it. Well, Coach, as we say goodbye, I want to tell you that Mikey – had really set the bar high for you. He's like, you guys are going to love him. He's a great storyteller. He's a great guy. For once, Mikey was right. Yep. He nailed it. <laughs> there you go. Coach, continued success to you, man. I appreciate it. I grew up a Cleveland Browns fan. Wow. Mike Sipe, Leroy Kelly, Jim Brown. For some reason, my dad, we grew up in Emmaus, Pennsylvania. Figure that out. Was a Cleveland Browns diehard. And so, wow. Paul Warfield, the whole gang. I would follow you guys. Uh, so, I'm still a Cleveland Browns fan. We nice. love it. And wait, Coach, before you go, it would be unfair if we brought you on. I didn't play this video, but you see the ring on his finger. I the only it. championship I got to cover was courtesy of this man right here. Steve, let's, uh, let's roll 173 real quick. Oh, like, this is going to be good. This was, uh, this was the celebration in Dallas when they beat uh, South Dakota State for the championship. So, nice. Coach, champion, a great storyteller, cool. and you're always welcome back on the Ultimate Thanks, Cleveland Coach. Sports Show. Cool. Thanks, guys. Appreciate you. Coach Keeler, that was uh, great. Mikey, you nailed it, man. Yeah, great, great insight on on Joe Flacco, yeah. and it's wonderful storyteller. And it's it's easy to see why he's had so much success. He's just that was a big ass ring. It was a big ass. It was a very big but, ring, yes, or bar as they call it in the, in the business. And he's uh, got two of them. So yeah, no, he uh, only he, coached to win a national championship at two separate FCS schools. He no won kidding. at Delaware and at Sam Houston. So wow, kudos he knows to a him. thing or two. Yeah, kudos to him. It's clear. We're going to play uh, True or False now. And True or False today is brought to us by Jace Medical. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the <coughs> unexpected. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use, giving you peace of mind so you're not just hoping you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace case makes sure you have the medication in hand, and it's simple. They handle everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care so you don't get caught unprepared. Get $20 off these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using promo code LOCKEDON at Jace medical.com sounds like the name of a rich guy from connecticut i am winning yeah just for this segment i will only answer (laughs) if i'm referred to as mr i am winning this we is, will not be referring to you that way. This is my – no, I know. <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be great if he just doesn't say I'm just calling my uh, shot right now. I'm calling my go. shot. All right, Mikey. Today's true or false subject is QB1. It is Joe Flacco, and Coach Keeler gave away one of the answers. We got it so. misspelled oh. there. We got it misspelled there. Oh. I spelled his name wrong. My bad, Flacco. That wasn't Cantus Belly? 
It was you? No, that was me today. That wow. Was hand up. My wow. So today is Joe Flacco. It is fixed. Steve, hit the music, and let's play a little true or false for QB. By the way, when you try to voice text Joe Flacco, it comes up F-L-A-C-K-O. My and remember, Earl, as he said yesterday, <laughs> is wacko for Flacco. So let's start. Good. True or false? Joe Flacco has the most road playoff wins in NFL history. Yeah, what is this music? It sounds like someone just died. It's the ominous. most road wins. Dramatic. Eli Manning has a lot of road wins. False. I'm going false. Bowl. True going from Tyvis. False from Jay, which means either Tyvis is in the lead or he's in the hole. The answer. Eli. Is false. It's not Eli. It's actually Tom Brady. I was going to say, it's got to be Brady. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. Tom Brady. The guy has second. so many more victories I than thought I was going to say him, but Flacco. then I was like, he was he was always winning. They were like, always at home. Every, yeah, they was always at was home. He, I, so I, how I, many does Brady have? Brady has 11. Flacco has eight. How many does Eli have? Six? Six. Usually okay. I play the field on that. It always say. Wait, well, can we just talk about this music? It's, Steve, yeah, what go is back to the original music? music. Is that Christmas music? What is it? It sounds like something from Mr. Rogers. We're going to go back to the original. We're, We're just trying to mix it up a little bit. Who cares? <laughs> Who well, cares? our old music was so dramatic yeah. and game show-ish. Mm. Here you go. It's back. Question number two. Joe Flacco started his college career at the University of Pittsburgh before transferring to Delaware. Bum, 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 bum. True, true. Didn't he say that? He said yeah, it in the interview, Tyvis. literally just said it in the interview, Tyvis. <laughs> I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> the oh answer my. is true. Tyvis is wrong again. The other two are right. Coach Keeler gave that one away. Yeah. Oh, wait. I, I, I have one more um, demand throughout this segment. <laughs> I am going to be referred to as I am winning. Tyvis is to be referred to for the rest of this segment as you are winning. Losing. Mm. Great, great penmanship. Yeah, I'm awful. The only time I ever got unsatisfactory on my grade card was for handwriting. <laughs> it was a mess, man. Number three. Joe Flacco <laughs> shared the Colonial Athletic Association's Offensive Player of the Year Award with University of New Hampshire quarterback Ricky Santos. This is all true or all false. I'm not giving you any half answers today. It's either all true or all false. Did Joe Flacco share the CAA Offensive Player of the Year award with quarterback Ricky Santos? Bull says true. Jay says false. Tyvis says false. And Tyvis, you've started out 0-3. It is true. Ricky Santos is real. He was a quarterback in New Hampshire, and he shared the award. Bull's got three. I've got two. I feel like I'm like that horse that can't get out the gate, man. (laughs) (laughs) Can't get out the gate. You are losing. All right. The, the Cavs went down three to one and still won. So. Oh, that's a fact. Question number four: Joe Flacco has never thrown more than 19 interceptions in a single season of his 16-year NFL career. By the way, you said that as if 19 was an acceptable number. Yeah, like I mean, yeah. I didn't say it's acceptable. I just said that's the number. <laughs> I hope he did. <laughs> I would hope True, false. So either Bull knows Joe Flacco inside and out, or he's a good guesser. But the answer is false. Joe Flacco 
threw 22 interceptions. I remember that. Might not get one. Oh, might not 22 interceptions. Was that his last full year in Baltimore? 2013. No, that was the year after he won the Super Bowl. Oh. Really? His last full year in Baltimore wow. was 2017. He was never worth that money after that year. What was well, his? You know what? what was it's his? funny. Looking back at that deal, it was yeah. the biggest at the time. Yeah. It was like 20 million, million a year. What was what, the what, uh, at the time was a lot. It was. It was the you know his ratio that year. I do. He threw 19 touchdowns, 22 interceptions, oh. played all 16 games. Right. And the they Ravens paid him a ton of money. What did we just do? Yeah, oh yeah. That's but they got bad. a Super Bowl out of he it. He did. That's they did. But they were never. He was never the same after that. They could have signed him to a one-year contract. They could have had two, but my boy, my boy Lee Evans dropped the ball at the end zone one year. Buffalo, right? Was he on Buffalo? Yep. Yeah. All right, he went else? to Bedford. I'm two right, down man. now. I got two I got down. Anthony, let's go. get a score update halfway through. No, four, is at two, four. Zero. Jay is at two. Tyvis is this year's biggest loser at zero. <laughs> By the way, the score Why is currently four twenty. It doesn't mean anything to yeah. me, but it might mean something. Has anybody? I know we've gotten one eight before. We got a perfect Jay's game. Jay's going yeah, perfect I, once. I Jay perfect went perfect with three. I'm trying to go perfect here. Uh, have we ever had a zero? We've never had a goose egg. Okay. Come on, Ty. Tyvis, you you're in line it. for history. <laughs> Let's go to the Jay. second half of True or False. Still ahead of Jay. <laughs> True. True or False. <laughs> Joe Flacco has the most career passing yards and touchdowns of any quarterback that has never been to a Pro Bowl. Dang, I would, it would have been true. But Matt Stafford does have one, a pro, one, one Pro Bowl. Pro Bowl. Oh. pro Bowl, not Super Bowl. Pro Bowl. You know what? It, it, at this point, it doesn't matter. Tyvis says true. Three trues, three correct answers. It is true. Yes. Joe Flacco has never been to the uh, Pro Bowl. Comeback has to begun. Bowl. He was picked one year, but he didn't go. He was an alternate in 2014, declined. The comeback yeah. has the comeback has commenced. Well, this, no, it hasn't because you didn't gain any ground. I'm off the gate though. <laughs> you are out the gate. Yeah, you're not, <laughs> no longer. Gonna, that take baby stumped. steps in this. Well, when you down, you got to take <laughs> real right, baby enough. steps. Five, three, one. All right, next up, Joe Flacco did not throw a touchdown in his first career NFL start, but he did run for a 38-yard touchdown in that game. False for Tyvis. He's saying he does not have wheels. Jay says true. Bull says oh, true. Please be false. The answer. False. It is true. Wow. For 11 years, that record stood as the longest Dang, quarterback run. I just figured he wouldn't be asking touchdown. it if it didn't happen. It you know with McNuggets, he has say 37 yards. No. It's all or nothing now. Guess how many times Lamar Jackson has now since broken that record? Oh, probably 20. Got 13 times. 13 times. 13 so that, touchdowns. So he had the points. record, and Lamar had Well, I mean, the Ravens weren't around for very long. Oh, around for oh the team record? Yeah, the team record. Oh, oh see, I thought. That, uh, that was the team record yeah. probably for the longest rush by a quarterback. But it's since been obliterated yeah. a million times. A couple times, yeah. Times. All right, next up. In 2017, Fanatics conducted a survey to find out who the most attractive player in the NFL was. Joe Flacco was the winner. A lot of pressure on me here to try to get the second perfect game ever. Both 6-0. and oh. Tyvis says false. Dude, terrible. 
Wait, what year was this? 2017. Oh, I was in the league. We know it's false. <laughs> <laughs> we have three falses across the board. Bulls chase for perfection. Steve, take it, please. It's over. Ah, it is bah, true. Bah, bah. Now, I, I was, was surprised Jimmy Garoppolo was in the league by this point. Clearly. I know. There's no way he's better looking than Jimmy G. That's the best looking man in football. Clearly, it was and a And Tom Brady's better looking than I him. I double checked. Fanatics did the survey. That's terrible. Joe Flacco. It was voted on by fans, so you could blame the fans. I had a feeling it was true. I the fan, you know what it was? I wasn't as big I of true I wasn't as big of a name in 2017, so. That's, that's as you were in 2018? Yeah. Nah, that's true. You were a household name by 18. <laughs> <laughs> All right, last question. Bull has this in the bag. We're going to finish up. Then we're going to bring on Tony Wiggins of the Locked On Jaguars podcast. Let's see him in the queue. We'll get to you in one sec, Tony. Tyvis, you better know this one. Why would this I know This is you specific. You'll find out in a sec. True or false? Joe Flacco's brother, Tom, played quarterback for two seasons oh, in the I Canadian football that. league. Why would I know that? <laughs> you also played in the Canadian football league. Did he play for the BC Lions? Because I can tell you he did Maybe, that. maybe not. Maybe he doesn't exist. True or false? His brother, Tom, just, played two seasons in the Canadian football league. I think I would have heard that. Tyvis says true. Two falses. I Tyvis. I played with you. You finally got it. It is true. His two. brother played for Saskatchewan and nice. Ottawa. Two years. What year was this? Yeah, bull is winning. 2020 and 2021. Yes. Didn't I win two in a row? We haven't I played was, in a while, but I, I thought I won the last time we played. You might be the defending. I think he is. I think he is the defending champ. This is now two times in a row. Two in a row, baby. Bull, congratulations. Times to your three. You are the winner. You get smoked. What do you mean he won 33? 33. That's his 33rd title. Untrue or false? No, it's not. <laughs> what is wrong with you? I'm just making I, up just, numbers like you. We just going to lie? You, you <laughs> sit here and make up numbers all the time. He, how are you going to be mad at me because I won the belt <laughs> Bro, the most? It's nothing but love for you. He, you know that. He mad at me. Listen, fairness, I, don't know, in, I don't know Joe Joseph Flacco. In, I don't in know fairness, Tyvis, you're the easiest person to ball bust on the show. You are. It's McNuggets. No. No, it's you. It's not No, but close. McNuggets doesn't care. You're the only one who – you care the most when I, you get your balls busted. I don't. No, that's not true yes that's definitely true <laughs> it's not true at all i think it's guys true. i have good news before our next guest mary Kay just tweeted that brown's cornerback denzel ward says he'll practice today and will yes. speak at the podium tomorrow let's go which is so, a good sign to having problem. denzel huge play on sunday because the browns had said that the hope was they can get him back on the practice field wednesday yeah they need they need him for ridley Man, they really do. He's a tough matchup for him. Ridley's a big receiver, isn't he? Ridley's small. Yeah, but, like but really, right? uh, we'll get our Jaguars guy on. We have our, we have <laughs> our Jaguars guy who's going to answer all weird. these questions tonight. Yeah. Real quick, reminder, 6.30 behind the glass, me, myself, Anthony, Cantuspelli, Earl of Pearl. Cantus. Everything you need to know, such a great 6.30 day. on behind the glass. And now let's <laughs> welcome in Tony Wiggins of the Lockdown Jaguars podcast, who has all the answers on what size, how Tony. fast, everything to know about Calvin Ridley. What's uh. up, Tony? What's happening, folks? How y'all doing? Good. Doing good, Tony. Hey, is that fair to say that Calvin Ridley's been a little up and down this year? Is that a fair analysis? Yeah. Yeah, it is fair. I mean, he has. Uh, according to Doug Peterson, though, it has nothing to do with Calvin Ridley's ability. It's just sometimes that's the way the game goes. And uh, we can agree to disagree with that because when you have a number one receiver, I don't care what the ebb and the flow of the game is. You have to force it to him and find him. But from a stature standpoint, 
I got to correct you. He's six one, about one hundred and ninety pounds. He's not oh, very wow. big. Not so, that big. No. Uh, he he he's actually built more like a slot guy, but uh, the route running and the speed is what leads folks to think that he uh, is a little bit bigger, that he can play outside. He's good outside. I don't I'm, know if he's great. One of the reasons I thought he was bigger was, and the play was called back because of a holding penalty, but that play at the end of the game, near the end of the game, where they just throw the ball up deep to him, he played, to me anyhow, he looked bigger than 6-1 because he high-pointed mm-hmm. it, and it was like the defensive back didn't have a prayer. That was a hell of a catch in that situation. Heck of a catch, heck of a throw, uh, heck of a heck of a uh, heck of cojones to call that at that point. I agree. Because if you watch it, yep. what Anton Harrison did was once he saw that the defensive end was trying to release and go outside, he actually let him go. And what I the know. guy did was so he sold it. He flopped all over the place for the foul. It, it was too bad that it came down to that. Uh, for for everything that he did to catch that ball, he dropped one that was just as easy earlier. And that that's the up and down you're talking yeah. about. You don't expect the guy that you trade for who you're going to bring here as the number one ex receiver to even drop that pass or any pass like that in a game where it's this much between winning and losing. Tony, let's talk about Trevor Lawrence. Obviously, the guy uh, has had a really good season. The team's having a really good season. The injury is a big deal. I, we are all assuming he's not going to play this week with a high ankle sprain. It is good news that he's not out for the year. But what what do the Jags do here? Because obviously, they're in great shape to make the playoffs. But the division's not a short thing because Houston and Indy are both decent, especially Houston. And you don't want to rush him back, but it's not that much time. How, how do you think they handle this here? Well, it's an easy sell for Doug Peterson. One, he took a backup quarterback and won the Super Bowl. Two, they just got beat by a backup quarterback the other night. That's and true. So, you know, I mean, it's like I thought – I looked at the Cleveland game early in the year. I said, that's a trap game. And that's a game that the formula, no matter what the records are, that's a tough win. they got a real good defense. And then when I saw the quarterback wasn't hurt, and then the next quarterback was like, okay, win. Well, guess what? I go back now, and I hope I didn't put that in red because now I want to erase it because <laughs> there are no easy wins in the National Football League. But it looks like he'll be out this week. It's a high ankle sprain with – usually a high ankle sprain, they say it's worse than a break. But this one, they say he didn't lose any of his stability. So they're thinking that they can bring him back maybe a week after next. But in terms of the playoffs – Look, they're game up in the standings, but that's like two games because they own the tiebreakers right. against everybody. With the last five, if they go three and two, one of the other teams has to run the table in order for them to not win the division. Yeah, that's true. When you not look likely. at when you look at the Cleveland Browns offense, obviously we on our fourth quarterback, you know, Mari Cooper went down with a concussion, don't know if he's gonna be cleared to play. What is it about the Browns offense that kind of worries you a little bit? Um, the same thing that worried me about the offense this past week against Cincinnati, and that is if the defense, to me, it's me versus me. If you're not ready to play, if you somehow think that this is easy because those guys are not there, it'd be a great mistake. Because one thing Cleveland does still have, I think they still have a healthy offensive line. And if the quarterback is mobile and can extend plays long enough, when the, when the Jaguars play, man, you got professional hitters over there. Amari Cooper is a guy who has been around long enough to find those creases and areas in that zone where he can sit down. David and Joku can do the same thing. So uh, giving a team confidence, a team that can play through their defense and create 
certain matchups and situations based on field position and getting on and off the field on third down. Once they get confidence, man, anything can happen. We saw that just the other start in Pittsburgh, Arizona the other day. This is the NFL. And one thing I have a, a, a profound respect for everyone who makes a team, not just the stars, because I know how hard it is to do that. And guys are going to try to beat you every single week, regardless of what their record is. Tony, I, 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 like many other media members, was crapping all over Jacksonville when they signed Christian Kirk. I remember when they signed that contract, I'm like, what are they, nuts? This guy's an average receiver. The, the Jaguars are out of their mind. I was wrong. I mean, he's been phenomenal for Jacksonville, uh, and that's a big loss that he's out for the season, no? I think it's a pretty big no, deal. No, it is. It is a big deal. He's steady Eddie. He's just one of those guys that is a paid professional who knows how to catch balls, who knows how to find the little spots, who actually has that little thing with Trevor. Like they almost know exactly where the other person is at all times. And anybody that puts up those numbers, even the numbers that he had in Arizona as a number two receiver, he was one catch away from a thousand yards. Doesn't it, doesn't it amaze you that if a guy has like 986 yards, we look at him one way, but if he gets <laughs> one more catch for 14 yards, he's a thousand yard receiver. Yeah, you know true. what I'm saying? So. Yeah. It's, it's just that I think sometimes, especially when you sit in the, the seats that we do, whether you're a player or a guy like me that's covered the NFL for almost two decades, you start to really listen to the, the coach speak and the things that coaches say. And you talk to scouts, and they don't look at it the way fans do. So a 1,000-yard sure. receiver doesn't mean anything out of context. So I think he's played really, really well, and he, he's more than him and Zay Jones. They both yeah. have surprised me that they earned their money. Tony, speak to the uh, the head coach spot and what Doug Peterson has meant to this organization, particularly coming off what was a disastrous Urban Meyer experience and how quickly they've just sort of flipped and I'm getting hey, nasty looks hey, from my hey, partner here, hey. but it didn't go well in Jacksonville and not even you can argue that, Tyvis, but what he's done, I don't think has re- received enough credit around the league because Lawrence was looked at as a bust. It looked like the franchise had no pathway to getting out of where they were. And now here they are uh, in the mix for home field in the AFC. Yeah. uh, So I feel two ways about that. One of them is I tried to look at Doug Peterson on face value for what he truly is. (laughs) And that's a guy that has, has won a Super Bowl. Now, the thing that gives you trepidation is no one has ever won a Super Bowl in one place and gone somewhere else in the NFL and won a Super Bowl. True. So you're sitting there thinking for him to come here, he has to like walk on water and do something that no one else has ever done. That's one thing. But the other thing is it's a little bit unfair to look at him as the savior, considering what he saved us from uh, Urban Meyer uh, in August. His first year, I got a text from a guy who uh, was a he's a power five coach now, but he used to be a scout in the Jaguars building who had a lot of friends. And he told me, he said, Bobby Petrino, I promise you, those are the two words I got when I text. And I knew what he was talking about. And I said, you're kidding me, right? He says, no, somebody in that building told him Urban wasn't going to last the whole year. And sure enough, it started happening. And so when you look at Doug Peterson coming in and taking over that situation, yeah, he has done a tremendous job with how he handled everyone and turned them around and didn't have to go in and deal with everybody's psyche and all of that. But a part of that, too, is maybe they cheated the grind a little bit because he actually did flip it too quickly and too fast. 
And that's that's almost an oxymoron when you think a coach is supposed to win, right? But I'm talking about in terms of our expectation. Yeah. Maybe our expectations got a little bit too elevated because they won seven straight games down the stretch and came back from a 27-0 deficit and played well against Kansas City. Was there something in that process that they missed a little bit only because they were allowed to skip to the front of the line? And we'll, we'll just have to see. But they continue to not win games at home. Every time they've had a chance to make a statement against a really good team, they've laid an egg. But this is the NFL, and they've won eight straight games on the road. Yeah. It's, the, it's the craziest yeah. thing in the world. Yeah, they've done great. things that you're not supposed to do, but then done things that you're not supposed to do in, in a bad way. Yeah. We'll just have to wait and see. Tony, Travis Etienne, he's injured his rookie year, doesn't play. Last year, he was great. He averaged over five yards a carry. This year, he's under four yards a carry. And he seems to be struggling. Now, I'm not watching the Jaguars every week like you are. So is this an Etienne issue or is this an offensive line issue? What, it's an or? offensive line issue. Okay. He, he's a little bit banged up now. He he came into the game with what they call a chest injury. I found out it was really his ribs. Uh, but you noticed the other night in critical uh, – a guy you guys know very well, Dearness what? Johnson. Yeah. Dearness Johnson was in the game in critical moments. Yep. And you're like, wait a minute. Doesn't ATN supposed to be in there? Isn't this their Bryant Westbrook? That's who they, that's who they, you know, they throw the screen passes and all of this stuff. I don't think he's himself right now. And I think he's a little bit banged up. And this is a sign that you really do need a, a one, two combination in the national football league. He takes a lot of hits. He, he does better this year. Last year, it looked like every, it looked like he had a car accident every single time he got tackled last year with this year. He started to run a little bit more behind his pads instead of with his legs, and he started to know when he can and, get, and can't get a touchdown. So, therefore, he started to protect himself a little bit better. But now it's like everybody's teeing off on him because that offensive line, man, I'm telling you, leaves a lot to be desired. And you guys that have watched or played this game understand this. It's the interior three that's giving them a problem. What worse can you have than a yeah, quarterback right. or a running back that as soon as they get them touched? Yeah, yeah you're what, right. There was a couple times Dearness got blown up. Uh, Tony, you mentioned the struggles at home and the success on the road. How do you, how, how are you explaining that? I have no idea. They almost have pretty wives and pretty girlfriends or something, man. I'm telling you, and they ain't getting enough sleep the day before the game. I, I don't, if my wife is watching right now, baby, that's why sometimes I don't do well on podcasts the day after I get it. So my point is I have no idea. I, it's perplexing to Crazy. us because they, they have a new facility, a, a marvelous new practice facility with state-of-the-art everything. There's not a whole bunch of distractions around here. Look, if you're a millionaire with money, I don't care where you are. There's, there can be distractions, but yeah. there's a limit to that stuff around here. I have no idea why they go on the road. I think they're probably still living on that, um, you know, when the roles get reversed, when the rabbit has the gun. I think they're used to being the, the, the people that are hunting instead of being the hunted. And I think that's a part of that process I'm talking about where you start to transition from when everybody knows that you're the guy, can you handle being the man with everybody coming for you? Yeah, I was surprised. I know he doesn't have a lot of touchdowns this year, but when they had the stat on the Monday night game that it was Evan Ingram's first touchdown at home, I was like, man, he had an awesome year last year. I couldn't believe he had no home home touchdown. He's a good player. They've been using him more lately. I, it seemed like earlier in the year he was kind of the forgotten guy, but he's one of those, uh, like we know about the elite tight ends in the league, but he's in that second group of tight ends. I think he's under, he's, he's very underrated. What, what do you, what's your take on him? Yeah, I like him. I just pers- I got to tell you this. I have a yeah. personal bias against what they call move tight ends mm. because I think a move tight end that isn't an inline blocker kind of – it's like knowing what a guy 
what kind of hand he has in poker. That's what it is from a play calling standpoint. He ain't out there to block nobody. So if you're going to have a move tight end in the game, why don't you just have another receiver? He, he it, plays so, like a receiver. Right. And that's the yeah. point. The thing is, is I would love to see them be able to attack the scene in the middle of the field more with a tight end, especially against a base 4-3 defense where you could get it right over the head of the linebacker, but in between the linebacker and the single high of free safety, the way George Kittle does and the way, obviously, uh, Kelsey does. That's not who he is. He catches most of his balls outside of the hash marks or either on some sort of drag route. Mm. I really would love to see them have that big, steady, regular six foot four, 250 guy, 250 pound guy that can look like he's blocking and then run right behind the linebackers. Mm -hmm. You know, the play where the quarterback of the opposite team throws at the back of the head of the Mike linebacker who's running down the sink. That's the play that they don't have in their repertoire because I don't think that's the kind of guy he is. When you look at C.J. Beathard for this for this week, since he's probably going to be the starting quarterback, are you confident that he has what it takes to get it done to to win this game against Cleveland? In terms of how confident that back, I, I would say no, but then I just saw a dude go 32 for 37. It seemed like that kid was 79 out of 70, a lot out of 80 the other night. So yeah. I won't discount a professional. And the one thing that he does have an advantage uh with is that he's been in the building now this is th his third year and he's there every day and he understands what he's supposed to do my bigger question is does press taylor know what his limitations are and if he does there's a fine line between playing scared and playing and, and building a game plan towards his limitations and a lot of times this is what i get on our fans about everyone thinks it's a play calling issue play calling and i say you know what coaches spend three hours a game calling plays and half of those are offense and half of those are on defense <laughs> they spend 72 hours planning a game plan i think the game plan is more important than actually play calling and i don't know if you guys agree with me but I think sometimes fans watch the game and think that the dude is just up there like he's playing Madden. Let me try this. Let me try. No, oh, yeah, they're they trying do. what they said <laughs> all week was working. They yep. they have this sheet. This is what we said is going to work. And the worst thing that you could do is go in there and quit on that too quickly or admit that you're wrong halfway through the game because now you're telling your players that you weren't right about everything you told them to do all week and you're getting them on the fly to, to making an point. adjustment. And I, I just think and I hope that they put them in the right situation and uh, know what his limitations are, but also be willing to take a chance or two so you get some confidence. Are Jackson uh, people in Jacksonville favorite baseball team, favorite basketball team? Uh, probably the Atlanta Braves, if you're looking at the Jacksonville natives. Mm -hmm. And favorite basketball team, I would say, this is funny, I want to say the Orlando Magic, but whenever the Miami Orlando. Heat are winning, these fans come out, of the Miami Heat fans come out of the sewer. I'm telling you, anytime they start winning, <laughs> you, 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 I, I, I'm just, like you, I'm a Laker fan. You know a Laker fan, whether it's good or bad, we are purple and gold, you know, I'm not with the whole the whole LeBron crew of people that's going to come, and when he leaves, they're going to leave. The, the Lakers, we're too good for that, so we, we, we're not into one player, but it's probably the... Uh, Probably the Magic and the Braves, but I got to shout out those Heat fans that seem to crawl out of the sewer every time they look like they have a chance to make it to the playoffs. That's funny. What's That's your really prediction, funny. Tony? What's your prediction for the game? Uh, I think it's going to be ugly. I'm going to go 17-16 uh, uh, on the Brandon McManus field goal at the end of the game. Uh, I got a quick Cleveland story. Can I tell it? Yeah, sure. go ahead. I had a, my ex-wife, my mother of my kids was from Cleveland, so I spent a lot of time up there. Uh, eating uh, Polish boys and all of that stuff, yeah. hanging around Superior, hanging around Superior, and you know all of that stuff, and Drexel and all of that. So, 
I went down to the flats one night, and this is back in the 90s when I was a bouncer in a nightclub in D.C., and there was a player that played for Cleveland who was from D.C., and I ran into him. His name was Orlando Brown. And we talked, and me and Big Zeus hung out. He recognized me, and he introduced me to this girl. He said, man, she's trying to, she's a singer. She's breaking into the industry. I'm going to give you a name and number. Please hook it up. Try to promote it when you get back home. Tell me that. No, I'll tell you what happened when he passed, unfortunately, I saw his wife on TV and it was Myra. It's the same girl that he Ooh. met at the club that night. And it turns out to be Orlando uh, Jr.'s mom. And no it's just like, way. I told my people, I said, I know that lady. I was there the night he met her. And they were like, you lying. So I finally get to tell that story. <laughs> I met him at the flats, at the Mirage nightclub. Everybody's nice. lying dancing. Everybody's lying dancing at the Mirage. I didn't know none of the Cleveland dancers, but there's my, there's my Orlando good. Zeus Brown. And uh, Cleveland story. That is no. That's story. a great story, Tony. I'm glad you told story. it. Listen, did you get a work, chance? To, did you get a chance to tell his son that when they played the Bengals last week, or no? I, I did not. I yeah. tweeted it out to him, and okay. you know, you know, telling where that went. But yeah. I didn't want to really too much bring it up too much yeah. because it's like a tragic situation. Sure. But it's just yeah. like for me to 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 meet to know his dad from yeah. from DC, and to meet him when he met, you know, he was there meeting the mom who could yeah. sing. And then I was just like, when he passed, she was on TV with a lawsuit about, yeah. you know, him not being able to lift weights. And I was like, this can't be the same person. And as soon as her picture popped up, I was like, well, damn, it was her. That's wow. So, good, yeah. nice, nice little story, man. Yeah. It is. I'm glad you shared it with us. Tony, yeah. great work. Thanks, Thanks for joining us, man. Yes. We appreciate it. Enjoy the game I Sunday. appreciate it. All right, thank you. And by the way, dude, Tyvis, you were the best looking dude when you played. I'm just going to lay that out there. Ah, you ain't got to say Paul. I appreciate you, that, man. Look, look at that. Gotta we got to have Paul. him back on again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Tony, you just, we're not going to get him out of the studio. His head's too big. Hey, man. That's it. It's all over now. <laughs> Tony, thanks. Thanks, Tony. Thank y'all, man. Appreciate it. Great all stuff. Right. Mikey, uh, kudos to you or Steve or whoever found him and booked him. And I know he's in the family on Locked On, but he's tremendous. Yeah, he knows his We've stuff. got some good between the Tony today, the our, Rams guy Our last Rams week guy was, was off the chart, too. And even before, who, who did they play before the Rams? Denver. We had uh, the really good Locked yeah, On guy in Denver, too. Cody oh, Moore. Yeah, he's yeah. phenomenal he's in Denver. So, yeah, but Tony is very, very, very good at what he does. I like how he speaks. He speaks his mind. I also like it. very yeah, funny no, on Twitter. I, Give him a follow. We tweeted out his handle yeah. in the, uh, the upcoming show. Trust me, he's worth worth a follow. Yeah, I like his style. I, you're right. He comes right at it. Yeah. He doesn't sugarcoat anything, and uh, he's very good at his job. Very. Good. We got some super chats, and then we're gonna start ask the show, which we're gonna continue in overtime. And I got a little nice. breaking MLB news for you guys. But first, we're gonna do super chats. MLB. And as always, super chats are brought to us by PCC Airfoils. If you're looking for a job with career advancement and great benefits, PCC Airfoils is a leading manufacturer in Northeast Ohio. All locations of PCC Airfoils in East Lake, Menor, Wycliffe. And Minerva are hiring for all positions starting at $18 and up, plus full benefit packages, paid time off, and a signing bonus. You can apply online at precast.com slash careers to learn more. Only three Super Chats today. Yeah. First one comes from Professor Chaos. I was wondering what game would be more important to the Browns season, to beat the Jaguars or the Texans. For me, it's the Jaguars to end this losing streak. Do you guys agree? I say Texans because they're going to ultimately be in the mix for a wild card. I don't think the Texans are going to win the division. I think it'll be Jacksonville. So what was I, the question again, Mike? Sorry. Which one would you more rather win? game, in your opinion, a, a Texans bigger win. or Houston? Which would be a bigger win? This oh, one. the Texans, 100%. Yeah. 
I mean, just because you're going to be fighting for one of those wild and cards that's the with bet. the Texans. And right now, because there's no Trevor Lawrence, the best team you're going to play the rest of the year is the Texans. Yeah. So true. that would be the most impressive win. Mm-hmm. I think right, he was talking one. about it like which in, in significant, which would be the more significant oh. win in terms of their playoff that, chances. Well, yeah. for, and that's that Houston, too, too. Because he mentioned it. Even if Jacksonville goes 3-2, and two, they're still going to win their division. They got a lot of Texans go 5-0. and oh. yeah. I'll tell you, though, that division, which a couple of weeks ago seemed like a lot it was, better than we it, thought. locked up. Yeah. It's a one game. Right, there's two teams just a game behind them. Right, but Indeed. he mentioned he, he, no, they've right. got the tiebreaker over both. Exactly. So. Yeah, so they've got to beat them. Who's the one? Oh, the Titans. <laughs> but the division's a lot better than it's been the last couple of years. A lot better. All those three teams are all at least decent. I looked at that like I look at the NFC South yeah, coming not, into the season, but it's turned into no, no, no. a dogfight. And Tennessee, which had been the best team in that division for a number of years, is it's the, the worst doormat now. now. Yeah. yeah. And the Texans play them twice still. They got, I know they do. They Our last super chat of the day comes yeah. from Logan O. He says, "I need a BC Lions Tyvis Powell jersey." <laughs> oh yes, you we won't, all need you, that. You won't get it because I, did, I didn't make it out of camp. Oh, I, got, no, I was the last it. cutting camp, so you didn't. Did you Did you come home with any gear, BC Lions gear? So, there, so when I got cut from any place I ever been, I did not take any of the gear. Really? Like, screw those guys. Yeah. yeah, I get. That's it. why today you never. Not even as like. That's a why memento. today you never see me wear any NFL gear. But wouldn't you like to have a Niners jersey somewhere? In your I got my jerseys. Yeah. Do you wear ESPN stuff at all? No, still? but I didn't when I worked there. <laughs> see? I, I, I mean, I, I don't wear any '92. I, I would go places sometimes with my coworkers, and they would have ESPN gear on. I'm yeah. like, really? That is lame. Yes, like, yeah. what? What do you do? I used to have a '92-3 the fan fleece. I had a, a like a baseball cap. Tossed them. Yeah, I mean, you're not gonna win. I got, and you know, what's sad is, and when, I didn't, I didn't get fired. When you but. get, when you get cut, you know, you get the, they give you this big dumb black trash bag. You can, they pack everything in there, and you got to pack it, and then they ship it to your house. Yeah. And when the box will come, I just take it in. Give it away. Like, no kidding. Yeah. yeah. Good for you. I got a little baseball hot stove news for the you. The Juan guys. Soto thing. Yes, the yeah. Yankees. A team that never gets any breaks, has never had a superstar in its entire history. Right, this will be the first one. Is on the brink of finalizing a deal with the Padres to acquire Juan Soto. Ooh. They traded for Alex Verdugo yesterday. He is not going to be involved in the trade, according to John Morrissey. The return for Soto. Morosi. At least. Morosi, excuse me. Michael King, Thorpe, no idea who that is. I'm guessing a prospect. Yeah. And at least two other additional players, but it looks like the yeah, poverty-driven Yankees are going to finally get Juan him. Soto's overrated, though. I think I don't think he's overrated personally. He's great, but it's only he's only got one year left on his deal. Well, yeah, it's a rental, but and they're going to give up a lot to get him. When, I think when he went to San Diego, do you remember the? There was a lot of hype around all that. Yeah, they. they and I did, just whatever the mix didn't work there for whatever. No, reason. I know, but and that's he, really hard to explain. They he's a great player. You, you never know when a guy going to New York if a guy can play in New York. There's a lot of pressure playing yep. in New York. There's no pressure playing in San Diego. Zero. And I would think he'll do well there, you know, hitting either before or after Aaron Judge. He'll have great protection. But uh, we'll see what the Yankees give up. Michael King's a really nice young pitcher who the average fan probably doesn't know, but he's a good pitcher. The Yankees' system, which once was decimated, is, yeah. has recovered. It they, has. They, they have some prospects in their system yeah. to make a move like this. Right. But it's interesting that... But King is a big piece to give up. I mean, they have like five years of control of King, and he's a good pitcher. Yeah, which surprises me that, that this isn't the Yankees' typical path. They sign free agents. Right. That's right, what they right, do. Right. They, they don't. It'd be, I'll be interested to see what they give up. Verdugo also, I think, only has one year left on his deal. He's okay. He's a good player. I want to see good that. Move by the I want to see that pitch. Who's that pitcher that I interviewed on the Big Ten? He went to Indiana. 
Oh, Elfrost. Scott Elfrost. Scott yeah, Elfrost. I want to see. He's wanna... a relief pitcher, so he came up with the Cubs originally. And <sighs> in 2020, what year is this? 2023. In 2022, he came up with the Cubs. He made the big league club, and he pitched extremely well for the Cubs. He was great. Yeah. And they traded him to the Yankees at the deadline. And he got, a, and he got hurt, and he yeah, hasn't he pitched got, since. Yeah. Hmm. And I want to see. But he's got good stuff. So He's from Cleveland. I didn't know he was from Cleveland. Yeah, yeah. You like him, huh? He's good dude. By the way, good Zach dude. Wilson starting for the Jets again. I thought they said he was said he wasn't playing. He's playing. What right, a Mike. nightmare season they've had. Uh, we're going to start. We're doing Ask the Show. We haven't done this yeah. forever. We're doing it for overtime. We're going to get one question in here first, maybe two if we have time. But we got a bunch we're going to run through in overtime. For members, if you're a member, you get the full dose of Ask the Show. This nice. first one, Tyvis, is applicable for all Buckeye fans. This is from Creative Juice. He says, Tyvis, hoping you have some Buckeye insider information. <laughs> got a lead on who the QB will be next season. If you had to bet, who will it be? Is he already on the roster or somebody will get from the portal? Oh. <laughs> uh, listen, this is what I'll say. I will say that they have some guys on the roster already, and they got some guys. They got a guy that's coming in. Uh, I, I don't know who's going to start. I know they're really big on Lincoln Keenholz. Aaron Nolan's coming in, who's supposed to be a really big-time freshman. Um, but I, if I was a betting man, I would bet on probably Lincoln Keenholz, unless they get Cam Ward out of the portal. So there you go. It's a great you, answer you from Tyvis. Throw that in as a toss, and like unless they get Cam Ward out of the portal. It's unless you think it's a long shot. You think they're more likely to start a guy on the team than than the portal, huh? This Lockdown Podcast is brought to you by Home Chef. Now that the novelty of the new year has dwindled down, how are your resolutions coming? One of mine was to order less, take out, cook more at home. But I'll be honest, I haven't been consistent. That is until I found Home Chef. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef-designed recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify the cooking experience and without robbing you of the joy of putting a dish together yourself. I'm Pescatarian, and they cater to a variety of dietary needs. I had this super refreshing ginger sesame salmon, a beautiful trout dish, and a super comforting shrimp and vegetable orzo dish, all of which took me less than 30 minutes to put together. For a limited time right now, Home Chef is offering all of our listeners 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box, and Free dessert for life at homechef.com slash locked on. That's homechef.com slash locked on for 18 free meals and free dessert for life. Homechef.com slash locked on must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert. It's a possibility. All right. Hey, you were so a guy who couldn't uh, beat out this guy. No, 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 no. He was a freshman this past year. Yeah. Lincoln was a freshman. This Let me ask you this. Oh, okay. How much, it, it, I don't know if you know this, but what is Marvin Harrison making in NIL money? Oh, I don't know. You don't know that? I know, over, if you had it's to guess. over a million. Well, no, it's over a million, yeah. But is it $2 I million? Would, I, yeah, probably like around there. I had million. someone tell yeah, me. But he's going to make good man in the NFL. Well, yeah, per year. And also, it's going to be multiple years. Is he coming back? I have not heard that. Okay. Yeah, I've heard that. I've just heard rumblings that don't push right. him into the NFL so quickly because he's yeah. a different Maybe cat. it doesn't matter because he comes from money. Who knows? Well, I yeah, right. And money isn't a pressing need. He's already making money. Yeah. Um, so that, that, that it would be interesting to see yeah. what decision he makes. I think it just depends on what's important to him. I mean, you yeah. sent us a video yesterday of a Michigan player. Oh, yeah, that's hilarious. I, yeah. And you didn't really weigh in on your thoughts on it. So if you haven't seen it, there's a Michigan hilarious. player that put a video on Twitter or Instagram or one. And he's absolutely stomping on the grave of the oh Buckeyes. God. 
and on Marvin Harrison. Calling them bees. And I got to tell you, I was glad in that moment that that was a Michigan player and not a Buckeye. Listen, I don't. Not that the Buckeyes haven't done that in the past. I, I don't. First of all, they don't recruit those type of guys at Ohio State anymore. I'm so, glad they don't. So, so you really, you'll rarely see that. And two, I look at it from a different angle. You know, like. It's sad that that's where we at. Because even when I played, we lost. We lost four games in my career, and nobody ever did that to us. So it's, it's interesting that they Wait, felt like well, they – You mean no, you never did it to anybody else, you're saying? No, no like, nobody well, we, ever did that to them. Over our four losses, the teams that we lost to, they never got well, on the internet. Well, Ty, in oh. fairness, the last two years, they've lost three games. One was to the number one ranked team in Michigan – uh, the other was to Ooh. the number one ranked team. Oh, you talking Georgia. about did Ohio State ever? Did, did any Ohio State players ever do that to Michigan when you were beating them? No. Not that I ever saw. Why would, we wouldn't do that? We were used to winning. We and that's what I such an <laughs> ugly look. We knew, and we, not yeah. because I dislike Michigan so much. I if you win and you have to do that. That You're, seems lame. It, I would have. It I, was awful, and I know that younger kids got to post <laughs> everything to Instagram. Well, my it only, was a terrible look for the my university only and thing for the players. Is, did you do that? Did you say these things on the field and before the game? Like, were you? It's easy to we, stomp we, on yeah, someone's like, grave when they're we, dead. You just spent sixty minutes playing the whole game against. Me. Did you say these things to me? Nah, if you said this not. to me on the field, yeah. like obviously it's. We're out of time, guys. This is a terrible one. More Ask the Show questions coming up on overtime. And, and I, I expect better from Michigan. I really do. Questions. Do you really? My, you know what? My opinion <laughs> of that university in the last two years has gone from very high, even when, when I didn't like them, to very low. Well, it shouldn't affect the university. It's just the football team. The what university is, is co-signing the If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.